0: Production. My hometown is Ulladulla, and it's on the south coast of New South Wales. It's a beautiful spot. It's a surfy town. I love it. Do you remember late 2019, that time going into Christmas, how hectic the bushfires were? Well, on the south coast, where I'm from, we had extreme fires. There was no power. There was no water. There was embers falling into my backyard, there was thick, heavy smoke in the air, and my hometown of Aladala was encircled by flames. I was eight months pregnant at the time, uh, and my Hakavai then, he was two years old, he was at home with me. And of course, during this time, I wasn't out fighting any fires. I wasn't jumping in a boat, helping to rescue residents from neighboring towns, I wasn't organizing food drops for people who'd had no food for several days. I was terrified. Like, I was absolutely terrified. I had reoccurring nightmares about running through flames with my toddler in my arms. Couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. And I was putting all of my energy, all of my focus into just keeping the panic genie in the bottle. Because once that genie's out, right, you've got zero chance of trying to squash him back in. And to help me navigate that really stressful time, I did what I always do. This is what I always do when I'm uncertain, I'm scared, I'm stressed, or a time of crisis. I start to write. And so I started writing about the the terror I felt, the fear that raced through me whenever I heard that someone was staying back to defend their property. And this is just some of the stuff I wrote, right? I'm just going to read some of it for, for you. I wrote, they don't know that a fire sounds like a thousand road trains coming towards you. They don't know that the smoke will feel like it's invading every single one of your pores. They don't know that it will be so hot that you will watch your skin bubble before your eyes. And the thing about writing is sometimes when you read it back to yourself, you want to self-censor because you read it and you think, that's way too vulnerable. That's embarrassing. That. They're my most private thoughts and feelings. And so what I have always tried to do with my story is to share it, as uncomfortable as it is, as flawed and as imperfect as I know it might make me seem. I feel I feel like it's empowering to share my story. So after I wrote down how I was feeling during this fire season, Grace came over. You might remember Grace. I work with her really closely. Grace read what I wrote, and we sat down at my kitchen table. We just felt useless, but we felt like we wanted to do something. We wanted to do something for our community. And we both loved the Buy From The Bush campaign. And so Grace said, well, why don't we do something like that? And that just confused me. I was like, what? Jump on their Insta and and buy something. And Grace said, no, we create a platform that supports small businesses in fire-affected communities. So I said, you've lost me. Just can you explain it again? And then Grace kind of mapped out the plan. We, we would start an Instagram page. And then, for example, we could profile a homeware shop in Milton. And then anyone in Australia or even in the world could find out about the homeware shop. They could buy something. They could support the business. They could put money back into the local economy. And they could help to boost morale. And they could do all of those things at the same time. So I was on board. I thought, this is an awesome idea. Let's do it. We needed to give this idea a name. So we said, let's just call it Spend With Them. We needed a logo. We just made one in Canva. And then we posted some of the stuff I'd written. And within an hour, we had over 10,000 followers. Grace was fielding phone calls from TV stations and journals hundreds of businesses were contacting us to be profiled and I was still trying to work out how to switch from my personal page to the Spend With Them page. The first night of Spend With Them's life, well, at close to midnight, Grace and I, we had finally answered every email, every DM and we'd put all of the businesses that had contacted us, all of the details into a spreadsheet. The next morning we woke up and we found that we had close to 100,000 followers. I did interviews that day. Grace responded to business emails and DMs. We went to sleep at 3 a.m. that night. We didn't respond to every email. We didn't respond to every DM. The next morning we woke up, we had close to 170,000 followers. My baby, Rahini, he was going to be born in like two weeks, and so we realized we needed help. So anyone who offered to help a mate from the surf, my sister-in-law, a friend's mom, a copywriter, we said yes. And the stories that we shared by the businesses were heartbreaking and life-affirming. There was a woman in the Blue Mountains who grew and sold tea at the market. She was trapped in her town with no power, food supplies or water for five days. She was profiled by Spend With Them and she made up her monthly income in a couple of hours. A farmer from Nara who made goat's milk soap received thousands of orders. A kangaroo islander made a year's worth of wages after one post. A coffee roaster had to put on additional staff to pack their orders. So it was an, an incredible, amazing experience. And so spend with them isn't really running anymore because it served its purpose. It helped businesses navigate their way through that fire season. And for that, I'm really stoked. And if you supported Spend With Them and gave money to a local business at a time when they really needed it, thank you because you made a difference. You made an impact. And I think we have so much agency when it comes to where we spend our money. And so if you're able to, try and buy local, try and buy Australian made. There's real people behind those businesses and real stories and the money you spend will make an impact. What did we learn from Spend With Them? Well, we learned heaps. To start with, people want to help. If people offer, let them help because it makes them feel good. When I thanked my sister-in-law, she thanked me. Particularly in times of crisis, people want to feel as though they're making a, a valued contribution. So if people want to help, let them help. You've got to start before you're ready. This is another big one that we learned. You're never going to have all of the boxes ticked and all of the eyes dotted. You can't anticipate all of the challenges that you'll face. And I think if Grace and I had actually sat down, given our plan more than a couple of hours thought, instead of just being like, let's make a logo in Canva and just put it out there. Of course, we would have done stuff differently. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. But I also think if we knew about the challenges and the extent of them, we might have just felt really overwhelmed. And I think maybe we, we may have never even done it. So I think this one's really important. Start before you're ready. Embrace imperfection. Now you probably know I love spreadsheets. I've been called pedantic numerous times in my life. And if you're working with a bunch of volunteers from all over Australia who are donating time wherever they have it, you can be sure things aren't going to be perfect. Spelling mistakes, grammatical errors will be made. Cells in a spreadsheet won't be filled out properly. And you know what? That's okay. Some businesses took advantage of the spend with them page. We shared businesses that were actually in Sydney, not at the epicenter of the fire crisis, as they had led us to believe. People yelled at us, berated us. They said that we needed a PA. People's emails were lost and we had to ask them to send them again. We shared photos without crediting the photographers. We sent people to incorrect websites. I gave people the wrong email address. And once I posted the spend with them stuff on my personal Instagram page. Mistakes happen. I think you know that already. But don't let the fear of mistakes get in the way of you doing something challenging. Reflecting on this time in my life and on this time of crisis, I feel like it brings everything into focus. You now, choosing how you spend your money and where you spend your money, checking in on your neighbor to make sure they're okay, wanting to help and do something and then actually getting off your ass and, and doing something, taking stock of the, the small things like, how good a cup of tea tastes in the morning after a panicked night of fire watch. I think it really puts your values in focus and what matters and more importantly, who matters. A crisis, it cuts through the bullshit, it makes you present, it strips away the pretending. In a crisis, it's okay to not just be frank about how you feel it's part of the deal and I think a crisis, it demands us to step up it betters us and amongst all of the grief and anxiety and loss, I think it helps us to be better humans. Thanks for listening to Taria Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener